Hello, my friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast uh, as we continue our journey through this holy week. Uh, we are at Wednesday. We are halfway uh, through the week already, and um, the action, as you know, begins at sunset tomorrow night. That is when the tree to one begins. Lent ends at sunset tomorrow, and we start the shortest season within the church year uh, the Triduum, uh, Latin, of course, for the three days that goes sunset on Thursday to sunset through uh, Easter Sunday. And, and it is the most holy, the most beautiful, the hardest of all of our seasons. Um, let's uh, take a look at Matthew's gospel today. We have been reading out of John this week so far. So today we're going to get Matthew's perspective on uh, much of what took place yesterday. So it will be Matthew 26, verses 14 to 25. Let's break open God's word together. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. One of the twelve, who was called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and said, What are you willing to give me if I hand him over to you? They paid him 30 pieces of silver. And from that time on, he looked for an opportunity to hand him over. On the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the disciples approached Jesus and said, Where do you want us to prepare for you to eat the Passover? He said, Go into the city to a certain man and tell him, The teacher says, My appointed time draws near. In your house I shall celebrate the Passover with my disciples. The disciples then did as Jesus had ordered and prepared the Passover. When it was evening, he reclined at table with the twelve, and while they were eating, he said, Amen, I say to you, one of you will betray me. Deeply distressed at this, they began to say to him one after another, Surely it is not I, Lord. He said in reply, He who has dipped his hand into the dish with me is the one who will betray me. The Son of Man indeed goes, as it is written of him, but woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would be better for that man if he had never been born. Then Judas, his betrayer, said in reply, Surely it is not I, Rabbi. He answered, You have said so. My friends, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So we can see, again, uh, so many similarities with what we read in John's Gospel. Now, John's Gospel is always unique in, in its flavor and always true, by the way. Remember that. Even though they're telling different stories. Uh, and, and remember, the Gospels are not meant to be written to be history books or biographies uh, or scientific books. That's not why they're meant to be written. They are statements of faith. And so they are all true in that, even though they carry different, uh, uh, they, they point out some different historical things. And we're going we're gonna to point out one of those today. So right away, let's talk about Judas. Um, we, we saw yesterday that uh, uh, the disciple whom Jesus loved rested his head against the chest of Jesus and said, who is it, Lord? And, and Jesus dips his, his uh, you know, food in the dish and, and hands the morsel to uh, Judas Iscariot, uh, and then it says Satan entered him, and uh, he uh, went, uh, go and do what you must do quickly, 
and, uh, and he left them. When here we see that same interchange, Jesus deeply distressed at, uh, at the dinner and, um, and says, in the midst of his distress, uh, one of you will betray me. And they say, surely not I. And, and ultimately, Judas says it, and he says, well, you've said, this, you've said so, uh, not I. Um, but, you know, let's just ask the question. And I don't, we're not going to solve that question here today, my friends. But I think it's okay to ask, what do we think motivated Judas to do this action? Was he hurt that he didn't feel as important as others within the 12? Uh, I mean, he was the treasurer. We know that. He kept the money bags. That's clearly an important thing. They didn't have Matthew do it, which would have been a natural, right? He had Judas do that. Um, was he simply a, a bad guy, a bad man? Uh, and so... You know, he was looking for an opportunity just to hand over Jesus and get some money. I mean, John certainly alluded to that in uh, Monday's Gospel, right? That Judas kept the purse strings and was upset at Mary for that extravagant act of hers. And he said, well, that could have been sold for 300 days wages. And it, it, it made that implication that, oh, that's because he held the purse strings and, and he used to skim off the top. Is that why he did it? Simply to get 30 pieces of silver? Maybe. Maybe so. Maybe it is as simple as that and we need to ask no more. Maybe he was disillusioned with Jesus' teaching and he thought, um, I'm going to turn him over. If, you know, and and he, at this point, again, because this is where we are in the gospel, he says, he, uh, Judas went to the chief priest and said, what are you willing me to give me if I hand him over to you? So again, what, what are you going to give me if I do this for you? So he had to know they were looking for him, and whether they approached him earlier and asked, or whether he had just heard rumor, he went to them and said, okay, let's do a quid pro quo. What are you going to do for me if I do this for you? And, uh, and they said, we'll give you 30 pieces of silver. Here you go. But maybe as part of that deal was, but you're not going to harm him. You're simply going to arrest him uh, because I'm disillusioned. He's not who he said he was. And, and that would account for why did he go off and kill himself later? Uh, because again, if he's just a bad guy and he's just out for money, what does he care if Jesus, you know, is, is going to go to his death? So I'm, I'm not sure for me, that first, uh, idea, just the bad guy idea, uh, carries a lot of weight and credence because we have to take into account the fact that he took his own life when he went back and he does and says, listen, this is blood money. Um, and so did they go against a deal that, uh, that he had set up with them that maybe he wouldn't be harmed, merely, uh, merely uh, arrested, maybe beaten, but, but not killed? Or there's a third uh, uh, thought out there, and one that is certainly intriguing. And, and again, I, I don't know whether this is true or not, but there is that idea that Judas did believe Jesus was the Messiah. Um, but what his idea of Messiah was and what Jesus, what scriptural, uh, the idea of Messiah is, were different. That Jesus saw the suffering servant in Isaiah 53, the one who had to give his life. And, and Judas saw the Messiah as 
the the king, the one coming in power, and the one that would take Israel. Remember glory? We talked about yesterday, Israel to its, its place of glory, one that it hadn't seen since David's reign a thousand years earlier. And so the, the theory here goes that Judas was going to because Jesus wasn't naturally stepping into that role to be that Messiah that he's thought he, he needed to be, to take that step to, to claim the kingship of Israel. And he wasn't going public with that. In fact, he always said, don't tell anybody who I am. And so it was his way of pushing Jesus out and saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call check on the chessboard here. I am, I am, I'm putting you in check. What are you going to do now? Okay, you're going to be arrested. You're going to go before the Sanhedrin. You have to come forward at that point and show who you are in your majesty, in your kingship, in your messiahship. And once he saw that Jesus wasn't the messiah that he thought, at least not in the way that he thought, he went off and killed himself and, uh, and, and realized perhaps too late uh, what messiah really was. I don't know the, 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 the answer to that, uh, which one it was. Again, I, I, I leave the, the least credence to the first. It certainly could be two or three, uh, that he wasn't the Messiah, that, that he thought Jesus was to be and came disillusioned and, and just gave up and thought he'd get something out of it, uh, or um, pushing him to become who he thought. But if it's the third... I just ponder us. I mean, in a sense, what Judas is doing is playing, he's playing God, right? He's saying, okay, you are not, uh, your timeline is different than mine. I know better. And, uh, and so I'm going to, I'm going to push you. I'm going to make this go forward. And, uh, and so he, he just moves the chest pieces, if I can use that analogy again, he moves the chess pieces on his own rather than inviting uh, the hand of God uh, and the timing of God to work, that he thinks he knows better than God does. Does that sound familiar, my friends, with, with things that you and I have done? That we question God and say, who are you? Kind of like Job, right? Who are you to do this? Uh, do you think you... you you know, I know better than you. I, I know my timing. How come you haven't answered me on this prayer or this prayer or this prayer? How come you haven't uh, abided by my timeline? Because you saw this, this, and this happening within and around the world. You saw this suffering. And listen, I, in this third theory, I think Judas isn't a bad guy. I think he sees the suffering of Israel. I think he hates the occupation of Rome. And he wants to push them out so Israel will no longer suffer in the way that they have been. I think that is driven not by a bad moment. Uh, Motive. But again, it controls God and says, what I see here in the short term is more important than what you see in the long term. And so he acts. Have we ever thought we know more than God? Have we ever played that role? Or can we allow God to be God in God's way, in a way that may surprise us? Uh, in a time, in God's timing, in a time that may surprise us. Both take a great deal of energy to say, I know there is a God and it's not me. And I know there is a time and it will work out perfectly at that time, but it's not my timing. Those are both acts of great humility. 
Second thing I want to talk about is the the Passover idea here. I alluded to it yesterday. I know I don't have a lot of time. I go long. I mean, this is Holy Week, so maybe we can expect longer ones. But um, we know that Jesus is, remember in John's gospel, he is the Passover lamb. Uh, We know he has to be taken down in John's gospel off the cross because that Sabbath was a, a special one because it was Passover. Uh, because when the evening fell, that's when they celebrated Passover, and he was the Passover lamb. But here, in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the Last Supper is the Passover meal. Now recall, the Passover is the greatest, and again, I'm not a Jewish scholar, but in my understanding, it is the greatest feast within Judaism. You know, Yom Kippur is the uh, the Day of Atonement in Rosh Hashanah, their, their Jewish New Year. But the Passover, it, it recalls God's saving action when they were in Egypt, and how in the 10th plague, the angel of death was going to come over and take the firstborn of all the Egyptians. But they had to kill the lamb that afternoon and roast its flesh and take the blood and put it over their lintel place. And the angel of death would pass over their houses and go to the houses that were not marked with the blood of the lamb. And they were to gird themselves as one for a journey. And that's why they didn't even have time to leaven their bread. It's not like they they are against uh, leavened bread, but they didn't have time to do it because they didn't have time for the bread to rise because they knew they were going on a journey after the angel of death visited. And it was true. The next morning, Moses was called. He said, take your people and get out of here, go. And so they were all ready. They had eaten. Uh, the lamb, they had eaten their unleavened bread, and they left. They left that quickly to go out and praise God and thank God, and eventually uh, we know the rest of that story. So that is what Jesus is celebrating with his friends. He's celebrating God's saving action uh, among the Jewish people, and in a sense, of course, pointing to the saving action of God that's going to take place uh, through his death. But John makes it so clear that Jesus is the Passover lamb. It's Jesus' blood that is, that is placed over all of us, that he is that saving action now. And, and again, just as the, uh, as the uh, lambs are, are killed in the afternoon and their flesh roasted for the, the meal that evening, uh, he is killed that afternoon. And his flesh, of course, is what we take in in the Eucharist. Uh, and, and, and it is his body and blood that gives us life, that is placed over us. And, uh, and that image is just incredible, that juxtaposition that John uses. And can we just sit with that idea, both being true, remember that, both being true, whether it was the Passover was the Last Supper or whether it was not, the fact that Jesus is the saving action of God And that it is by and through this action that we can see God's great love for us and what that looks like and means. That there is no end God will not go to to show us his love. I mean, isn't that what saves us? That God is radically with and for us. Now again, we're going to have more time to talk about that. I suspect two days from now. But it's good for us to prepare for that journey. Um, We've been too often reclining at table and we have been the ones that have betrayed in our thoughts and in our words and what we have done and what we have failed to do. As we say, 
and every Mass. But brothers and sisters, our God still invites us to the table. Judas was not kept out of the room. He was there in an ever, boy, I I will almost say infinite, invitation on behalf of God to say, you don't have to do this. You don't have to keep doing this. You can be something new. He invites us to that table today too. No matter what baggage we carry, no matter what intentions we have, we're around there. And he invites us to be someone new. Let's pray. And so we uh, continue through the sorrowful mysteries this week, my friends, and we bring our intentions uh, before the Lamb who is on the throne. And we begin in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The third sorrowful mystery, the crowning of thorns. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. My friends, my love to you, my blessings to you as we continue this journey through God's holy week. And I look forward to us breaking open God's word again tomorrow.